Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. Thanksgiving at your house or you went somewhere for Thanksgiving how many of you ate way too much mm, yes 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 uh, we had uh, Thanksgiving in Oklahoma and one of the things that my kids requested is that my wife made the mashed potatoes and that she makes her green bean casserole because nobody does it like she does and so that made it like home and so man it was some good eating and yeah whoo thank God for diets and uh, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's happening, praise the Lord. But anyways, we all celebrated Thanksgiving last week, and you realize that the first Thanksgiving was established in 1621. So this year marks 400 years of Thanksgiving. And so we all come together, we celebrate it, we're taught in school what Thanksgiving is meant and what it meant, why they did X, Y, and Z. Your kids go to school, they trace their hand and they make the, the turkey hand puppet and then you put it up on your refrigerator and say, isn't that cute? And then after Thanksgiving, you put it in the scrapbook and put their name on it, right? And, and again, we look at that and say, oh, isn't that so cute? Just like the pilgrims and just like the Indians, this Thanksgiving is awesome! And so, once again, we celebrate Thanksgiving based upon what we have been told, right? I don't know anybody that has ever been there at the first Thanksgiving, right? I mean, it's 400 years ago this year. That's a lot of years. But we celebrate it year after year after year. And then you ask the question, well, why do we celebrate it? Well, we've made it a national holiday, obviously. But we celebrate it because history has told us so, and therefore we keep the tradition going of giving thanks. But how do you know that that first Thanksgiving ever happened? How do you know? Well, because somebody wrote it down. Somebody told us. It's a part of our history. And because it's part of our history, because it's been written in books, and because we keep telling everybody, we keep redoing it year after year after year. But how do you know it ever really happened? It was 400 years ago. But we accept it as truth, don't we? We accept it as truth that in 1621, they had the first Thanksgiving. Why is it so easy for us to believe history, but when it comes to his story, his history, we struggle? Because it's been recorded. In fact, if you didn't know it, the Bible is the best-selling book ever. And it has not changed over the years. Now, people will say, yeah, but that's just man. You know, things can change. Things can be different. Things, uh, man can add their interpretation to it. Well, how many of you know that when it comes to Thanksgiving, there can be a whole lot that has been added because it was 400 years ago? Are you getting my point? 
It's a matter of faith in which we believe. And so this Bible gives us an opportunity to see and hear and believe differently than just everybody else. You know, when I was down uh, in Oklahoma this past week, you know, you get around family members. And family don't, only, don't always see things the way you see things, right? There are individuals that they would say, well, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. But as you begin to talk to different individuals, their viewpoint is much different than yours. In fact, I was listening to one family member on the phone, and as they were talking, I could only make the assumption that they were talking about my family and myself. Now, again, I'm making an assumption. But you kind of hear the lingo of the conversation, and you're kind of putting the pieces together. And, and he said, well, no. And then he says, well, I think it might be because of religious reasons. And so, obviously, again, there was a conversation that the way we live life is swayed by religion. But how many of you know that there's a difference of having religion or knowing God and knowing the God of the Bible? And here's what the difference is. It is the difference between a world view and a kingdom view. And this is what we've been talking about. I know you are, but what am I? I am a child of God. If you've received Christ, you have been translated into the kingdom of light. In other words, you belong in the kingdom of God. And so as a result, having a relationship with God changes my view from seeing things from the worldview. And there is a worldview that is out there. In fact, the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does my mind get renewed to not think like the devil's kids? Did you hear what I just said? Now, I know that's a strong statement, but if you're not a Christian, if you've not received Christ, then you are the devil's kids just by default. And there is a way in which they think. And that also means that if you're a child of God, but your mind has not been renewed according to the kingdom of God or thinking like God thinks, you will think like the devil's kids. Does that make sense? You'll have a worldview rather than a kingdom view. So in other words, the lens in which I see through, the filter that I filter things through, will not be based upon the kingdom of God, but how everything happens within the world. And how many of you know that there is a, a, a conformity that the world is trying to uh, force on people all over the world, right? Just turn on the news. How many of you understand that concerning the government, the government has a worldview? When you listen to the media, the media has a worldview. When you listen to the CDC, the CDC has a worldview. And the moment that you begin to have a kingdom view, it begins to counter, uh, 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 contradict everything that is out there. And people will begin to look at you cross-eyed thinking, why are you acting that way? Why do you talk that way? Why are you so religious? And it's not about being religious. It's that how I live my life is filtered by a kingdom view. You're tracking with me. So when I begin to have a kingdom view, once again, it begins to define who and what 
I am. I know you are, but what am I? Well, I hope today you're going to find out a little bit more of who you are. Once again, there are two truths. There is that that is filtered, and that is a lens in which we see either through a worldview or a kingdom view. And once again, God says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the only way, now you've got to hear this. The only way that your mind will be transformed to think differently than the world or think according to the kingdom view is by knowing what God's word says. If you don't know what God's word says, you will always think like the world. You will respond like the world. But when you begin to identify what God's word says, something begins to change. Amen. Let me give you an example. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? Always when you need it, you can't find it or you pull it up and it disappears. Here it is. Wouldn't it be great that if all of a sudden you started thinking wrong or started thinking like the world, you heard this. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, all of a sudden, you just start thinking the wrong thoughts, and all of a sudden, you hear... It would arrest your attention, wouldn't it? But actually, when you begin to have the Word of God on the inside of you, there does become, uh, or there is a stretching on the inside that says, "Uh, I don't think so. I don't know if I believe it that way. I don't know if I see it that way. And once again, once you begin to have a kingdom view and start to process and see things differently, people will begin to look at you and think that you are being uncooperative. You're being obstinate. Why are you being that way? Just go with the flow. Just do it because it's for the well-being of everybody. Just be safe, right? But listen, I've got to have a kingdom view that will filter my thinking, and it comes by having a renewed mind. So therefore, the Word of God becomes my reality. I hear, thank you very much, Alexa. I hear what the news says, but something on the inside goes, nope, I I don't think so. And the more that this becomes a reality to you, it will start to turn. Because it begins by having that scratch on the inside that, uh, I don't necessarily agree. But the more that you become familiar with the Word of God and it becomes your reality, when the enemy comes in with its worldview, you will say, uh, not today, Mr. Devil. Not today. Not, in my, not with my kids. Uh, not in my marriage. Uh, You'll begin to take a bold stand that says, no, not today. Because I live according to the kingdom and I know what the word says. Now, I'm leading you to something this morning, so stick with me. Because I'm building up to a place that I want you to see something specifically concerning yourself today. Of who and what you are. I want to remind you of a scripture that we've talked about for the first couple weeks and it's found in Colossians chapter 1 
Starting in verse 12 and 13. And I can't remember the actual translation that I got this from. But I want to break it down and give me just a moment to take it slow to articulate it the way that we need to see it. It says, we are grateful to the Father. Okay, let's stop there. We are grateful to the Father. Now, I'm not grateful to my natural parents. I mean, in context to the Scripture. I'm not grateful to the governor. I'm not grateful to the President of the United States. I'm not grateful to the world nation leaders. I am grateful to God the Father. And then it goes on to say, it says, who qualified us. So in other words, you can't go any higher than the Father God. I'm grateful to the Father God who qualified me. So I didn't have to qualify myself. God Himself qualified me. Say it with me. Say, God qualified me. Now say, I am qualified. Nothing can unqualify me. Because God qualified me. All right, so we're grateful to the Father because God Himself qualified us. Well, what did He qualify us for? He qualified us to participate. Now, for the sake, let me just read the whole scripture and I'll come back again and we'll break it down. We are grateful to the Father who qualifies us to, be, to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness, the sense-ruled world dominated by the law of performance, and relocated us into the kingdom where the love of His Son rules. So we are therefore grateful to the Father who qualifies us to participate. So in other words, you don't have to qualify yourself to get involved on this, to get connected with it. To, to be engaged with it. God Himself qualified me to be involved, to partner with, and to participate. To participate with what? Well, He goes on to say, the complete portion of the inheritance of the sons in the light. So notice He said, God has qualified me to participate in the full portion Oh, so that means that this lie we've been believing that, oh, God does it for some and God doesn't do it for others. Oh, that, that, that God uh, uh, just does this to teach me something and therefore He'll do this and He'll do that. No, the Bible says God Himself qualified me to participate with the full portion of the inheritance that belongs to the saints. So if you're a child of God, this belongs to you. And you don't have to do anything to earn the right to be involved or be a recipient of the inheritance. Then he goes on to say this. says that he rescued you from the dominion of darkness, the sense rule dominated by law performance. And again, you don't have to earn it. And he relocated you where? Into the kingdom of the love where his son or where the, the son rules by his love. So now notice once again, breaking it down. We're not waiting to get transferred. 
We're not waiting to get there. It's not on the someday by and by when we die and go home to be with the Lord. He says he has already done it, translated you into the kingdom of God. And the reason why all of this works is because the love of God rules here. What qualifies you? (laughs) He loves me. Yeah, but you're a creep. Yeah, but he loves this creep. (laughs) You're a dirty dog. Yeah, but he loves this dirty dog, man. I'm telling you. I know I saw how you acted to your wife the other day. Yeah, I know I screwed up big time, but he still loves me. And I'm still qualified. And I still receive the full portion. All I got to do is participate. And do you realize that that is the distinguishing point? You have to participate. It's available. But so many people are saying, well, you know what the news has said. You know what the president has said. You know what the CDC has said. You know who said what, what said where, no, what. No! I know what the Word of God says. Therefore, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And therefore, I walk in the inheritance and the privilege as a child of God. Because He loves me. End of story. Woo! So that ought to get us excited because I have the opportunity to see from a different standpoint. And once again, wouldn't it be great of every time we started thinking incorrectly, we heard that, honk! All right, yeah, I got to think right. Oh, man, I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking the way I'm supposed to. But God will begin to stir on the inside. Maybe there's a kingdom view that you need to look at. Don't give ear to all the stuff that you're hearing and buying into because there's another way. There's a kingdom way. Can somebody say amen? Well, you've heard this said before. Well, you know, when it just comes to this life, you know, if God wants me, God's going to take me when he, when he wants me to. Or you've heard people say this, you know, well, if it's just my time, it's just my time. As though there's some time in God's calendar of when it's your time. And that is totally false. And I've heard Christian people say that. And yes, there is a scripture that says, there is a day that is appointed for every man to die. And they say, well, see... You're appointed to die. It didn't say you have an appointment with death. It said every person will die. No one is going to ever live forever. But the scripture does not say that God has an appointment date that you are going to die. But you've heard people say incorrectly, well, you know, if I get sick and and I die, well, then it just must be that God wants me to go home. And you've bought into the lie. What lie? Well, let me give you a scripture. I'm talking about having a kingdom view rather than a world view. If I have a kingdom view, it changes my demeanor of how I live this life. And yes, you might come across a little bit cocky. You might come across a little bit arrogant. But it only comes across arrogant to people that don't know how to live according to the kingdom. And so you'll have to purpose to walk in love. Amen. All right, now let me give you a scripture here. In Psalms 91, verse 16, he says, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, 
before I go on any further, as we continue to move forward, I want you to make what you hear today personal. Because what you're going to be tempted to say, well, I wish so-and-so would have heard this. Or I wish I could have helped so-and-so because of not knowing this. Listen, right now, God wants you to hear this so that you can apply it to your life. It says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Did it say anything about an appointed time? No. But he did say there is a participation in that inheritance. What is the participation? What are you doing in purposing of being satisfied? Or I should say, are you satisfied? If you're saying, well, the doctor says it's time for me to die. My question for you is, are you satisfied? No. Well, then participate with the promise of God. He says, with long life, will I satisfy you? Are you satisfied? No, I'm not satisfied. Then you've got more living to do. And God says, I will show you my salvation if you're not satisfied. But now you've got to participate and see it from a kingdom perspective. Not just buying into the lie and saying, well, I guess it's my time. Well, I guess God must want me now. I guess it's my time to go. No. He said, with long life, I will satisfy who? Who? Me, the reader. With long life, will he satisfy me? Well, I tell you what, I plan on, I, in fact, I tell you what, I plan on living long enough to see Jesus come. He said he's coming in my time. So I'm planning on being old enough just to step on over. With my kids in hand, wife, my wife should probably be leading the way. She's like, listen, I've been waiting long enough. Get out of my way. <laughs> With long life, I will satisfy you. All right. He said, I will show you my salvation. All right, now let me give you a scripture concerning God's salvation. In Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 12. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 12, it says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for there is the same Lord over all, and He's rich to all who call upon Him. So did you see that with God there is no distinction? There's no respecter of persons. He says... He's rich unto all that call on him. Verse 13. For whoever. Who did it say? Whoever. whoever are you a whoever? Yep. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved is salvation or the receiving of salvation. So he says, all that call on the Lord shall be saved. If he said, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation, then can I call on the Lord when it comes to say, God, I want to live a little bit longer. I'm calling on you. I want some salvation right now. And God says, I'll show you how long you want to live. I don't know. I'm half tempted to live to 100. I don't know. 120. That is a promise. I just don't know if I want to live that long. <laughs> Let's start with 100. It's not, not a matter of what the promise is. It's just a matter of whether you know, I, I want to live that long or not. But anyways, he says, I will show you my salvation. So how do I receive salvation? When I call on him. But here's where people, once again, get lost. Because they don't have a kingdom view, nor do they know the rules of the kingdom or the principles by which the, prince, the, the kingdom of God runs by. 
The word salvation is not just the receiving of forgiveness to have eternal life. That is in part salvation. But when I partake or receive salvation, that word salvation is also defined as healing, provision, protection, and deliverance. So, not only can I call on the Lord when I need it, but the moment that I called on the name of the Lord to receive the love of God into my life and become a child of God and step over into the kingdom of God, not only did I receive salvation in that moment, but I received healing and received deliverance and protection and provision. So in the eyes of God, according to the kingdom, God does not only see me as a child of God, He sees me as receiving healing and wholeness. God sees me healed, sees me whole. When it comes to the provision of my life, He doesn't see me struggling and doing without. He sees me as being provided for because He's my Father. And He loves me. When troubles come, He don't see me as being beaten up and downtrodden. He sees me as already being protected and delivered. For He's made a way of escape. In the kingdom's mind and way of life, I've already received it when I call on the Lord. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you getting the big picture? Because you've got to get that before we move on to the next thing. In fact, let me, let me pause. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Because the world system says it's based on what I feel. And it's based on what I see. How many of you have ever said, well, I've called on the Lord and asked Him to come into my heart, but I'm just waiting for it to happen. Do you ever say that? When did you receive salvation? The moment that you called on the Lord. But if everything else in the package is all together, then why do I keep thinking that, well, i got to somehow get God to do what He said He would do and heal my body? But yet, I always seem like I'm always having to wait for it. When it comes to receiving provision and blessing of God, how come it seems like I'm always waiting for it? Because the world system and religion has told us you've got to qualify for it. But we already read the God, that God the Father Himself has already qualified me to participate, pay in the full portion of the inheritance. Not just the portion of salvation, but the full portion of salvation. Are you tracking with me? It belongs to you. Come on, somebody say it belongs to me. Praise God. Now, if you think about it from the standpoint of having already received, you've received the promise. It's your inheritance. But now, let me give you a natural example. Yesterday was a big day for Michigan University. I know we have some. Uh, I, know, I know we got some state fans. We'll love you anyways. But Michigan had a big day yesterday. Right? They won. Big time. Now. Today, they are victors. 
And today, they just might be watching the videotape of yesterday's game. Now, how many of you think that as they watch the videotape of yesterday's game, they sit on the edge of their seat and they say, I hope we win. <laughs> Are they going to say that? No, because the battle has already been fought. The victory has already been won. They're just reviewing the real of what has already transpired. Now, if you rewind it, they stepped out on the field yesterday, not having played the game yet. But based on the results of the game, when they stepped out onto the field, they were already victors, right? But they still had to fight or play the game. So in relation to that example, concerning the inheritance and the promise of God, the victory is already ours. Jesus already fought the fight for us, won the battle, and we are victorious because of Him. And when we look at the Word of God, it is merely looking at the tape of yesterday's game that already shows us we have won. Not only am I saved, I'm healed, I'm provided for, I'm protected, I'm delivered because of what Jesus did yesterday. Right. Now, I have to participate. How do I participate? I have to fight the good fight of faith. You're saying, oh yeah, see, now that's where it is. See, that's where we got to struggle. We got to fight the good fight of faith. No, it is not the fight of faith that causes you to get into the trenches and wore it out and struggle and get beat up. No, the fight of faith is to accept this as truth. When the doctor's report comes in and says, you're stage four. <laughs> All right, that's a truth. It's a reality. But there is a higher truth. A greater reality. I can hear what you say from a worldview, or I can choose to believe that I am the healed of the Lord because I am an heir of salvation and there is an inheritance for me. So even though the truth says I'm stage four, there is a higher truth that says I am healed. And therefore, my faith is to accept what I hear as truth. Amen? Once again, you don't hear them watching the videotape and say, well, I hope we win. But you'll hear Christians all the time say, but I hope God heals my body. I hope God sets me free. I hope God will do. And God says, you don't get it because I've already done it. You don't have to receive something that you already have. It's already yours. You've got to see yourself correctly. Now, once again, am I saying that there is not the process of going through things or the, the battles that we face? Oh, no. If, if you get a bad report of sickness and disease that hits your body, there might be some natural effects. But regardless of what up and down may come, I know that the higher truth says that I win. And I'm not going to wane or I'm not going to sway from my inheritance. And I choose to participate in what he has made me available or made available for me to receive. Amen? All right, now let me take it a little step further here. You remember the story with the woman that was the woman with the issue of blood. 
And for the sake of time, we won't turn there. But if you recall, the Bible says that she was sick for over a decade. She spent her life wealth in trying to get better. Going to every doctor, every treatment, every vaccine, every booster. And said, I want to get well. Her condition actually quarantined her to where she could not be around the natural population because she was contagious. So you can only understand that she was extremely frustrated and has come to the end of her rope. But the Bible says she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus to the point that it changed her perspective. It changed her view. In fact, it changed her view so much by hearing about Jesus that she said, you know what? I know that I've spent all that I've had. I've seen every doctor that there is. I've taken every treatment. But if I go to where Jesus is, I will be made whole. What happened? There became a greater reality based upon what she heard. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it moved her from a worldview of says that you got to be sick. You got to stay this way. You got to quarantine. You got to be by yourself. You can't see your family because you are sick and you are dying. And she says, not today. Not today. Because I am going to receive what I heard is available to me. And the Bible says that she found Jesus, pushed through the crowd of people, touched the hem of his garment, and was made whole at that very moment. Jesus turned around and says, who touched me? Because I felt power, healing power, leave my body when somebody touched me. And they said, uh, can you see all these people? Who, uh, who touched you? We don't have any idea. And the woman fell on the floor and told him all that, she, uh, that had happened. And he said to her, he says, woman, now listen to these words. Woman, your faith has made you whole. Salvation is not just a segment of eternal life. It's wholeness of life. She did not just receive healing. She received wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. He said, your faith has made you whole. If her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. Because he is not respecter of persons. He's made the full portion available and he has qualified you to receive. So if you've been struggling with symptoms and things going on in your body, today's a good day. Because now you can activate what's already in you. And release faith. Now let me give you two more verses here. Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. These are verses that you're familiar with. Isaiah is Old Testament scripture. Old Testament scripture is always pointing to Jesus. Right? Now notice what it says in Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5. It says, surely, speaking of Jesus, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now look at these words. And by his stripes, you're going to be healed. You might be healed. What does that say? You are healed. He tied in griefs, sorrows, sickness, and disease, and said, by his stripes, you are healed. So Old Testament, looking unto Jesus, said that when Jesus gets on the scene, you are. So see, so many Christians are trying to get, but Jesus is saying you are. Because I paid the price for it. Now let me show you another one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you're going to be, maybe, someday. What's it say? By his stripes you were. Old Testament's looking ahead saying you are. After it's already done, it's looking back and said, you were. So if I were, then I am. And if I am, then I is. Woo! Come on, somebody. If I'm a child of God, if I've received Christ, then I've received and have been qualified for the entire full portion of my inheritance. Not just eternal life, but doggone it, I've got healing going on in my body right now. When sickness tries to show up, I've got healing going on in my body. Now listen, you might want to be careful. Stick with me on the camera. Oh dear God. You might want to be careful shaking hands because if you shake hands, you just know what that person has on their hand. And dear God, it could just kill you. No, listen, here's the, the reality. Living according to the kingdom, the Bible says that I've got the life of God living on the inside of me. I've got resurrection power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in me. So therefore, man, when I shake a hand, you're getting the life of God coming out of me into you. So it's not a matter of what I'm getting from you. It's what you're getting from me. And you're getting life. Amen. So do I have to be afraid in this world? No, because I'm not of this world. I live in the world, but I live according to the kingdom principle. And it changes the way I live. You might say, well, you get cocky sometimes, Pastor. Sometimes I just get irritated with ignorance of people. And I'm sorry that I say that. Because I realize some of you might be here for the first time and maybe you say, dear God, I just, I just came to church for the first time in my life. That's okay. You'll hang around and you'll find out that God has incredible things for you. Amen. Oh, but God is so good. And this life walking with Jesus is so good. There is such a, an inheritance that belongs to us when we receive Christ. I hear people say, you know, well, dear God, you know, God just wants your needs met. He don't care about your desires. No, he said that he would meet the desires of your heart. Well, you know, can't get too crazy with the desires. You know, just be, just be satisfied. Do you realize a car is a car? It's made out of metal, has rubber, has bolts, has seats and whatever else in it, wiring and whatever. The only thing that's different is the little bit of the logo that they put on the outside of the car. It still gets down the road. Don't matter whether it's a BMW or whether it's a, 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 a Buick. Right? So do you think God cares what kind of car I drive? 
It's just a car. Well, now you don't want to get too extravagant. Hey, man, have you ever noticed how extravagant God is when it comes to heaven? He paves the streets with gold. Well, if, if, if the streets in which we drive our cars on is paved with gold, why do you think he's concerned with what kind of car you drive? And all I'm saying is that our poverty mentality limits God because God says there's an inheritance that belongs to you, that he wants us to live better, think better, think higher. Why? Because we are in the kingdom of God. Amen. Is this helping anybody? If you're struggling with what I'm talking about, if some of the things that I'm sharing with you are causing you to struggle, then welcome to church. Why? Because the Bible says that we must renew our mind. How many of you know that renewing your mind sometimes rubs you wrong? Well, I don't ever think that way. That's not what I was taught. How many of you know that you can be taught wrong, but there is a kingdom way of living? Amen? And so, as we continue, we're going to continue to grow in learning who we are. Because I know who you are, because so am I. Amen? You are the healed of the Lord. So if you've got symptoms in your body, let's stand up together. If you've got symptoms in your body, if you've been struggling in your mind, if you've been struggling with grief, sorrow, depression, worry, anxiety, if you've been concerned about getting sick, concerned about whether I should get a shot, whether, listen, just rest in Jesus. If you've been worrying about relationships, if you've been worrying about your children, if you've been worrying about money, just rest. Because you're in the kingdom of God. If you've received Jesus, He's got your back. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to ask you your situation, but the power of God is present right now to begin to minister to your body. So maybe you've been having problems in your arm, your shoulder. Maybe you've been having problems in your chest. Maybe you've been having problems in your kidneys. Maybe you've been having problems with your mind and your thoughts. Right now, I don't care who's here, and I don't care whether or not people are looking around. I don't want you to be conscious of that. But if you've got things going on in your mind and your physical body, I want you to personally, yourself, put your own hand on that part of your body. If it's your chest, your back, your shoulder, your hip, your mind... Why do we do that? Because it's just a point of contact for our faith. And as we pray, the power of God is going to begin to work because it belongs to you. And it's going to be working from the inside out. My prayer is just engaging with your faith and what's already in you. So are you ready to receive? It's yours. Are you ready to receive? Are you ready for it to start to work? Are you ready to see a difference upon leaving this place? If you are, here it goes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's under the sound of my voice. Those that are watching online, in Jesus' name, there is no distance in the power of God. And so I thank you, Father, that those physical ailments in our bodies, 
they are rectifying themselves, submitting themselves to the healing power of God. For we are calling on the name of the Lord and have done so. And therefore our inheritance, our rights, our privileges are to be healed in Jesus' name. So pain, we command you to go. Sickness, we command you to leave. We command you to submit to the name of Jesus. Mind, you will not run rampant. You will not run here and there. You will not go on rabbit trails. You'll stay steady and stay, stay firm and focused because God has purpose and plans. In Jesus' name, we thank you for fullness and clarity of mind in Jesus' mighty name. And we praise you for it and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Now, here's one thing that I know. I know for a fact, as we prayed, the power of God was being released right where you needed it. So go home and begin to look for it. If it was your kidneys, if it was your body, if it's your blood, begin there to be a different result in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.